listening to Exploring Modern Art with Dorothy. Joining me today is... Hello. Why are you whispering? I don't know. (laughs) It's me again, guys. Hi. Hello. Hi. It's your resident non-artist person. You know, do you remember when you were just supposed to be the producer? Yeah, I remember. And we were supposed to have... A new guest every week. Yes, I remember that. I remember those days. I remember that optimism. We were just too ambitious (laughs) about how many people would actually want to get on a podcast or would be interested in talking about modern art for 35 minutes. So this week we're talking about Marc Chagall. Mm -hmm. He is the first artist I've ever academically studied. I studied him once in middle school. So it was just a very, very brief kind of like two hours a week type of class and we briefly covered modern art and one of the pieces that we covered was Marc Chagall's um I am I and the village and it's this like really trippy abstract art of this lamb looking at this like shrek looking guy yeah i see Mm, i see that that is and until now i still don't understand what it means Mm -hmm. (laughs) i I don't think my middle schooling of art has given me a lot of knowledge on mark chagall (laughs) i'm sorry well maybe i should have slept less and listened more um (laughs) there is a man holding a scythe and another man dying and his soul coming out wait where where is he dying well look isn't he dying back there look he's dead or it's a lady upside down and she's wearing a skirt but i like to think it's the man that's dead and the soul is coming out and then the lamb is being milked well no can a lamb be milked yes you can have sheep's milk but isn't like Like a lamb a child yeah, but it might be a goat. Okay, well, someone's milking the goat. And there, there is a green man. That's Shrek. That has to be Shrek. And he is holding a tree. And there's a moon. I honestly, I still don't understand this piece of art. Yeah. Um, but after researching Marc Chagall for this episode, I feel like I understand Marc Chagall and what's going on and why I don't understand his art more. Oh. So Marc Chagall takes a lot of inspiration from Jewish folklore. Oh, okay. Jewish stories. All right. Is this like a trend with our... Is this like a pot... Is this our thing now? What? Do we just talk about Jewish artists? (laughs) They don't have to be Jewish. It just so happened to be a lot of modern artists are coincidentally Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And as as well as like Slavic stories, so he takes a lot of inspiration Mm. from his Jewish heritage as well as his Slavic heritage. And he was born in yes. Um. So Mark Chagall was born in um, Vitebsk. It's Belarus. Um. V i t e b s k. Um. It's like this. Uh. I think a village in Belarus. Oh. Okay. Um. And he. In this book, Marc Chagall and the Lost Jewish World, it says that they kind of doubt the place of birth, um, but 
That so, it was the village or that it was Belarus? I think the village. I, oh, okay. I think people are pretty sure he's Belarusian Jewish. Mm-hmm. Um, and D- Did he leave Belarus? He did leave Belarus later on. Um, so he takes a lot of his inspiration for a lot of his art from kind of that um, narrative. And I feel like that's the reason why maybe we don't really understand it. Maybe, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, so It's a cultural thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. At first, he designed uh, stained glasses. So he produced windows for the cathedrals of, like, Reims and Metz. Um, Ooh. Windows for the Art Institute of Chicago and then Jerusalem windows in Israel. Wow. Yeah. And I feel like that also might contribute to... Um, how colorful yet also fragmented um, his art is. You can see it's kind of fragmented into oh different pieces. Oh my god, yeah. But it also is very sharp, bright, vibrant, and colorful. And I feel yes. like maybe that comes from um, his history of using stained glass as a medium. Yeah. He's actually been through a lot in his life. Um, well, His father being a fisherman and... Um, that doesn't sound so bad. Yeah, but he, he, he's from, like, relatively humble beginnings mm-hmm. compared to the artists that we've talked to before. Like, usually the people that we've talked about before were, like, um, middle, middle class. class. Yeah. But he, he definitely was from very humble beginnings. Mm-hmm. So he was born to this um, Jewish fisherman, fisherman family um, in the Russian Empire. And at the time, Jewish kids were not allowed to go to normal school. So he went what? to a Jewish elementary school. Okay. Um, but during high school, his mom bribed the headmaster with 50 rubles. So he went to a normal high school. Um, <laughs> I love that. So I, I have a quote here that says, like, during that period in Imperial Russia, uh, Jewish people had two uh, basic alternatives for joining the art world. One was to hide their Jewish roots, like, Roy Lichtenstein, and oh Roy, Roy hid that he was Jewish. Well, he didn't. He certainly didn't talk about being Jewish, and he his last name is Lichtenstein. But he wasn't kind of proud. Like he did kind of hide it. Okay. And the second was to cherish and um, just publicly express their Jewish roots and integrate them into um, their art. And so Chagall really did that he broke free from the period and he was just proud of who he was hmm. after a um, high school he wanted to kind of further his art so he had mm-hmm. to go to a painting school um, so he decided to go to St. Petersburg but hmm. Jews couldn't go to St. Petersburg what? Um, without like- a, pa- a temporary passport. But why? Because people were anti-Semitic. Oh. That's lit. That's wild. I mean, it's like 1914. Hmm. But he's technically Russian, though, right? Like, Well, he's Belarusian. Well, as in, he was born... Okay, at the time... My history is really bad, but... At the time, Belarus and Russia were different countries no i think they were the same yeah so wouldn't he technically have been a citizen of the russian empire back then so why did he need like a temporary passport to travel to because they didn't like because they didn't 
I think because they didn't want mass immigration of poor lower class people into these kind of high class urban places like Moscow. That's just shitty. Even under the Soviet Union, a lot of people were confined to like their own separate countries because I guess the Soviet Union didn't want other people to experience the widespread hunger or famine. The wealth disparity was just too crazy. Like there were super poor places like Belarus and like the hollow Mordor, but they were like drinking and like eating and spending all this money in Moscow. So I, I do understand why they had to control um, their movements of their citizens like that at the time. So he bought a temporary passport off of his friend. Wait, to did, to- did, did they just, con- they controlled everyone's movements like that? Yeah. So everyone needed a temporary passport to go to St. Petersburg? No, if you were Jewish. Okay, that's just shitty. <laughs> um, so he bought one off of his friend. And- he bought one off of, is that legal? Well, I, I'm i not familiar with the laws at that time, but I, I, I do feel like it is very shady indeed. Um, and then he uh, enrolled in the Zanstiva School of Drawing and Painting, mm-hmm. where he met his first wife, Bella Rosenfield. Aww. And she became the love of his life. Um, this is going to sound like a really weird thing, but her name was Bella Rosenfield. It kind of sounds like Belarus. Bella Rose and you. I, yeah. You know? It does. Yeah. Maybe that's like, if this was a movie, that would be like a metaphor. Mm, yeah. It, Bella Rose. You know. It kind of, it kind of is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So she's now his fiance. Um, and then he travels to Paris to the Academie de, de la Palette. <laughs> the the palette the academic the, the academy of the palette of the pal the of academy the of the palette was which was the avant garde school of art so it was like the main most like forward school of art they did a lot of like um modern and abstract stuff so it was encouraged mm. so his first wife also went like no no, no. Bella she she, she, she Be- Bella stayed in um. Russia. Oh. And then he went to France was to she... pursue his studies. Sorry. Was she an artist as well? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Huh. And then in France, he painted a lot of Belarusian, Slavic, and Jewish themes. And he was just always constantly super, super homesick. Like, well, yeah. The main themes at the time was like always had undertones of yearning and loss and it's reported here that it's because he missed his fiance oh, yeah. who was still in Vitebsk so no she so she was oh, in she Belarus. was in the village mm-hmm. so his friend Bal Teshuva wrote so Chagall thought about her day and night and like he was afraid of losing her so in 1914 Chagall he accepted an invitation from an art dealer in Berlin to exhibit his work um but he wanted to go back to Belarus to marry Bella and then go back to Paris. So what he did was he put, like, he took 40 canvases and 160 gouaches, watercolors, and drawings um, to, to Germany to have them exhibit uh, exhibited. And then after the exhibition, he went back to 
uh, Belarus, he expected to just marry Bella, stay a few weeks, and then go back to, say, France or Germany to continue his artistic career. Why do I feel like something's about to happen to him? But! <laughs> no! But! No! Um, knock, knock. World War One. Oh. No, but he was supposed to marry Bella, and they were supposed to live Af- happily like ever after. Like after a, f- a few weeks after they married, World War One happened, Shit. and Russia had to close its border for an indefinite period. So he was unable to leave for, God knows how long. But his, his art career. Oh no! And all of his all of his art stuff is in Germany. Yeah. So they can technically do the exhibition. Is are they finished canvases? Yeah, 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 yeah. So they can still do the exhibition, right? Yeah, the exhibition happened, but he just wasn't there. Um, he was there, I I think, and then he just put the drawings there. Um, and then so so you don't, oh. you don't technically you don't have to be there every single day. Oh, like dude, you're a journalism major. Say if someone okay, you took great photos, and yeah. then we're going to use them in an exhibition. So you put Thank down you. your photos. So you go the first day, mm-hmm. you know, be like, hi, I'm Zedek, and these are my photos. Um, Hi, like, let me sign your photos. Is that uh, what you think I sound like? I, no. Okay. Um, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and then. All right, I'm going to start talking like this now. <laughs> and then. um, you, you And then you can leave. Like, you don't need to yeah. be there every single true, day. True, 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 true. Um, and then so he, during this time he went back to to Belarus um to marry Ida uh to marry uh, Who's Bella Ida You'll you'll learn in due time. And after a year Who is Ida? <laughs> what? So after after a few weeks they they got married. Yeah. Um World War 1 happened and mm-hmm. after a year of getting married, him and Bella has his fir- his first daughter Ida. Oh. Um at the same time in 1915, um, he has his first exhibition in Moscow. Mm-hmm. He became very popular with uh, upper class and rich people in Russia. Mm-hmm. People really liked his work. Um, hmm. But, you know, his success, although he's, you know, really popular and famous. Yeah. History. I guess you can't really stop history. You can't stop. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> Mark. No, what's going to happen? No. 1917, Mark. 2 years after his first oh, no. exhibition in Moscow, was the October Revolution. Oh my god, no. <laughs> where the proclamation of the Soviet Union uh started and was the beginning of the Russian Civil War. So, and he still can't leave. No. Borders are still shut. Yes. Dude, oh they're god. in civil war. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. No mark. So, Chagall wrote um, about his experience at the time. Mm-hmm. He said he came to fear Bolshevik orders pinned on fences writing. The factories were stopping. The horizons opened. Space and emptiness. No more bread. The black lettering on the morning posters made me feel sick at heart. That just gave me chills. Chagall at the time remember how he's super popular and famous yes with the rich oh no with the rich oh no oh no 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 oh no um he actually uh the soviets were really pro art and pro oh. culture 
Okay. So he was right. offered a position oh, right. as the uh, co- commissaire of visual arts for the country. What? What? By the Soviets. This, 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 wow. Um, wow, wow. <laughs> but he was a pussy and he didn't want to go political. Well, I understand why. <laughs> so he just He's a, he's Jewish and he's living in pre World War Two Russia. I understand exactly why he was like, I'm not um no. So he said I'm gonna stay here with Bella and Ida and we're just gonna do our thing. We're not going there. So he settled for the um commissaire of arts for Vitavix. Oh, just just the village? Yeah. Or just the city? Yeah. But actually, and then that, and so he can't, he founded the Vitebex Art College. Mm, um, okay. And I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing this wrong. I have no clue how to pronounce it. It's V-I-T-E-B-S-K if you want to Google it. Um, Vitebisk? I don't know. I don't speak. Me neither. <laughs> Ru- I don't want to say it's Russian. I don't know. I don't know Belarusian as a language. I don't speak any Soviet or Slavic languages. Language. Yeah, Northern language. I don't speak any Northern language. Well, I mean, uh, is it technically the the North North? Yeah. Well, yeah, Russia is the oh, North. Oh, yeah. Um, but and and great news. Um, yes. His his art college became the most distinguished school of art in the Soviet Union. Yeah, and they actually have really, really amazing. Oh, Belarusian is a language. I knew it. I knew it. Yes. <laughs> um. He he got like these super cool faculty members, um, like Casimir Malevich. We'll talk about him in the future. Okay. Um. He uh Ka- Casimir, um, was actually one of the forefront creators of. Uh, suprematist art. Hmm. So suprematist art is like just very simple, like pure thought, just mm. circles and squares, and it's all about like the purest form of human thought. And mm. do you know what he called our boy Chagall's art? No. He called them bourgeoisie individualism. <laughs> Mark Chagall painted bourgeoisie individualism. individualism. <laughs> that should ju- that should literally just be the name of a pod. That should be the name of our podcast. Bourgeoisie, bourgeoisie individualism. individualism. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Can we can- should. Hello and welcome to bourgeoisie, bourgeoisie individualism. individualism. <laughs> but people would think we're a political podcast. True, true, true. I do agree. No, though, Mark was never political. <laughs> yeah? He was never political. It was a lifestyle, right? Yeah. It's not a phase, Mom. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> uh, because of this bourgeoisie individualism, mm-hmm. Mark Chagall resigned due to, um, due to these creative differences, as we oh, like no. to say in the art community, these creative... <laughs> And um, moved Basically, to Moscow. they got mad at each other and they were fighting. Actually, um, I resigned due to creative differences with um, my fellow staff. Um, I prefer to paint bourgeoisie individualism. 
my god. <laughs> Only Chagall. Only Chagall. But I mean, he he didn't say what he was painting as bourgeoisie individuals, and that was what he was criticized for doing. He, he resigned. <laughs> oh my god. Because, like this is why I feel like he's a pussy. He resigned. Now I feel no, but listen, listen, listen. You're Mark. You're in a room. You're painting your lamb and your Shrek creature. And then this other guy, what's his name? Just comes in and he's goes like Mark. And Mark turns around, he's like, What? And he goes, Do you know what you paint like? And he's like, What? Like a bourgeoisie individualist. <gasps> that's like that's like the cut scene in a reality TV show. And it's like a close up of that's like Mark's confessional. So Chagall, um, he, he he moved to Moscow and then he got offered mm. um, a job as a stage designer for um, the State Jewish Chamber Theater. So World War One ended yes. 1918. Yes. Um, so it was 1917 mm-hmm. um, when he got offered the job and like all of this happened in one year, right? Wow, that must have been <sighs> one hell of a year for Mark. But um, Chagall, the Russian Civil War continued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So World War One ended for the world. Yes. But Russia was still in chaos. Sadly. Um, and so he was just too fucking poor to stay in Moscow. He couldn't afford mm. it. Um, so he so moved he um went back to I I think he just moved back to um Ve- Belarus. Oh. Um in and then in nineteen twenty one he became an art teacher at a Jewish boys shelter. Okay. So it's like an orphanage, but for Jewish boys. Okay. And then finally, in 1922, he was able to go back to France mm. um, with his family. So uh-huh. with Ida and with Bella. And he didn't have any more kids? No. Do you remember how we were talking about, like, he just left all of his artwork in yeah. Berlin? Yeah. So on the way to France. Oh, no. Um, He went to, he stopped by to Berlin. Oh, no. <laughs> This is just World no. War One. It's okay. It's it's okay. It's still okay. Okay. Um, so okay. Okay. Um, he went to Berlin. I'm still. Um. Um. Mm. This these pieces of art in Berlin will become a reoccurring theme. Oh Jesus. Okay. Uh. All right. He goes to Berlin. Um. To get back. To try to get back some of his art. They don't give it to him, do they? No. But why? He. I mean, he left them there 10 years earlier. It's been 10 years. So they never got sold? I think they were just in storage. Okay. So they didn't believe him when he said that he was Chagall? No, no, no. I think, well, it's been 10 years. I guess they just moved or it's... If if something's in storage for that long of a period of time, it isn't crazy that, like, it got lost. Plus, Mark Chagall is also Jewish and there was a lot of anti-Semitism going on. So maybe yeah. it's also difficult for him to try to get back what belongs to him. And these pieces of art are relatively, you know, valuable. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are a lot of factors at the time. Yeah. He goes back to France and in 1924, um, this French art dealer um, who, who, who deals art and then also like kind of does print book illustrations mm-hmm. commissioned Chagall to illustrate a Bible. Oh, um, um, okay. So, in 1931, Chagall traveled to Israel, to Tel Aviv, 
for two months mm-hmm. um and he, he he got a lot a lot of inspiration there because he felt like you know him being jewish he belonged there mm-hmm. but then again he also is kind of an outsider at the same time mm-hmm. so it's a very interesting um sentiment that he he has from tel aviv mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so he comes back and knock knock it's world, world war ii <laughs> um so I think World War II happened in 1939, 1940. Mm-hmm. Um, and by 1956, he's actually completed the 105 uh, printing plates of art for the Bible. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the rise of Adolf Hitler um, caused a lot of not only anti-Semitic um, sentiment and laws being passed, but also... Um, Adolf Hitler was very against modern art and abstract art in general. Why? Again, I mean, high I'm, art I'm... and low art. Um, mm. Adolf Hitler believed that art and culture should have this definitive look to it. And low art would be things that are not understood or crazy looking or bizarre looking. And use of color should be harmonious music should be beautiful i would just like to mention that adolf hitler never got into art school because he was a bad artist but yeah let's take his views on high art you know people often say that it's the art school's fault for creating a dictator (laughs) no no i don't think so i think hitler is just you know an asshole but edgy kids always go to art school though yeah, so he wasn't. <laughs> he was an edgy kid trying to get into art school. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wasn't. Oh, uh, I. He was Hitler. True. So, in the nineteen forties, um, Adolf Hitler rose to power and began his anti-Semitic and anti-modern art sentiment. And that mm-hmm. kind of spread across Germany and across Europe. Mm-hmm. In 1940, mm-hmm. Germany occupies France and starts approving of starts approving these anti-Semitic laws and put them in pr- place in France. And Marc Chagall is a Jew <laughs> living in Paris. Oh, no. But Marc Chagall didn't oh, no. want to leave France. Why? Marc Chagall felt like France was his home, and he didn't believe that the Germans would. He didn't believe that the French would allow the Germans to pass anti-Semitic laws. Mark! And he felt like France was his true home. Mark! So he stays there with Bella and Ida? For a while. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. What is happening? Dorothy... One is gonna no. He became he he was betrayed by the French administration, and what? they passed anti-Semitic laws. Well, he okay. he he believed he he wanted to stay. He wanted to believe that the French government was gonna protect him. For a second, I thought you meant that the French government just handed him over to the Germans. No, no. Okay. No. <laughs> Did they? Oh, uh, don't. Do you remember when? Um. They did not. It's okay. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> um, no, but Coco Chanel was a Nazi th- sympathizer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So was Hugo Boss. 
Oh yeah, they made uniforms for the Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but but you know, do you remember those pictures in Berlin? Yes. So, do you remember how they couldn't find those pictures in Berlin? Let me guess, they found the pictures in Berlin. So, they burnt the pictures in Berlin? <laughs> no. Oh. They didn't. Um Adolf Hitler was anti-modern art. Yes. And in Berlin, Marc Chagall at the time was a big hit. But after Hitler came to power, Mm -hmm. um, people started trashing Marc Chagall, saying that his art is like, like they didn't under, um, just Jewish, like just Jewish sentiment. Um, Well, he's not, not good because it, because because it was Jewish. Because the themes that he drew was Jewish. He used a lot of colors that weren't supposed to be there. But a few years back, like 10 years ago, people were like, wow, you know, he, he had he had so much critical success in Berlin. Mm. So it's really interesting wow. to see how that sentiment changes so quickly. Wow. So Marc Chagall didn't want to leave France. Even well, after... Even after the laws were passed? No, 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 no. So he waited in France until the laws were passed. Oh, God, no. <laughs> and the great and powerful Americans came to save him. What? The great and powerful Americans had to go in and save him. What, what does that mean? Alfred Barr from the New York Museum of Modern Art okay. put Chagall as... Um, a prominent artist whose lives were at risk and tried to extradite him to the United States. Oh, okay. All right. So there's this journalist. Yay. Called Varian Fry, mm. who had this huge rescue operation going on. What? <laughs> um, what? Wait, wait, Varian Fry what? was an American journalist. Okay. Who ran a rescue operation to smuggle artists what? and intellectuals out of Europe to the U.S. What? By providing them with forged visas. What? <laughs> Why is there not a movie about this? Why is Virian being overlooked? I'm sure he has a movie. If he doesn't, we can make one. Yes. Um, April of 1941. Yes. Mark Chagall... Bella and Ida yes. were stripped of their French citizenship. Oh, they were French citizens? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And the French government betrayed them. <sighs> they stayed in um, a hotel in Marseille, um, but then they were arrested by the French police. What? Along with uh, these Jews. They were... Wait, I'm sorry. How old is Ida right now? Um... Well, it's 1941. She was born in... 1915-ish? Yeah, 1915. So, like, 30-something? Okay. So, but, no, I, I don't... Yeah, Um. so Ida She's was 30-something. She's 30-something. She's, like, 26. 20-something. 20-something. Yeah. I'm sorry, my math is bad. Um. So, the French police arrested all the Jews in that hotel... But then, our boy Varian Fry comes in, yes, and pressures the French police to release, yes, the, um, these Jews. He was only able to save a small number of people. Okay. Um, from this operation, and was it for lack of trying or? No, no, no. Varian Fry is is very noble. Um, 
and mm-hmm. he threatened the French police of scandal um, because... Because <laughs> he was a journalist? No, because at the time, Chagall was already stripped of their French citizenship oh. and they already had American visas, right? Forged oh. American visas. Well, well, so technically point. it was like, oh, if you don't release them, then like you're, you're going against the Americans, mm. which no one wanted to do mm. at the time. <laughs> and actually, Varian Fry and his rescue network helped approximately 2,000 to 4,000 anti-Nazis and Jewish refugees escape Nazi Germany. Wow. Wow. So, Varian Fry is is very, very noble. Wow. Um, And in 1941, Mm -hmm. um, Mark Chagall and his family arrived to America. Okay. And he didn't speak a lick of English. Um... So hmm. he spent most of his days um, in the Lower East Side of New York, where they had um, a really strong Jewish community, mm-hmm. and he read Yiddish press, and that was his only kind of window to the outside. Okay. Um, do you remember how at first we talked about how Bella was the love of his life? Oh, no. And he risked war just to go back to marry her. Oh, no. In oh, no, 1944, no, no. Mm-hmm. Um, Bella passed. Oh no! Due to a viral infection. Oh no! And this viral infection couldn't actually ha- have been treated because of a lack of resources because of the war. Oh no! So oh, poor Mark. So he, that's how his first wife died. He he does have he did marry like people later on, but. Um, no one was Bella. No one was Bella. It wasn't the same sentiment, definitely, even in his art. In 1947, after the war, he chose to return to Paris, mm-hmm. even when the French betrayed him. Why? Because Picasso and Matisse lived nearby. So they... Um. So they um, had collaborations Hmm. and you know he actually talked about um and he also really really hated the nazis but he was pro-soviet union who chagall chagall passed away in 1985 and according to the washington post he just collapsed at about 8 p.m and died what this is a, a direct quote from the washington post he collapsed about 8 p.m. and died. <coughs> so, I, I tried to find the reason why he died, but mm-hmm. I think it was just, um, I guess they didn't want to cover it in detail. It just what? says he died. He just died? At 8 p.m. Yeah, his wife found him collapsed, and he's just died. I'm sure there's, like, a reason as to why he died. Who knows, dude? Like, he just collapsed and died. That's it. Sometimes, you know, you don't need a reason. Sometimes it's just old age, you know? That's his life. What do you think? It's interesting. Um, Like, I don't understand why he'd go back to France. Even after they betrayed him. Well, I don't I mean, understand why well, he still loved the pic- Soviets. Well, he loved... I don't know about the Soviet thing, but he loved the place, not the government. Can't relate. Can't relate, dude. I just, 
I feel like if someone's betrayed you like that, how can you go back? He's going back to the place, right? Like, governments change. True. One would hope they did, but, you know. Like, if I were him, I'd stay in New York with... Because in New York, he, he met, like, Piet Mondrian, which is... Um, we, we, we can talk about him in the future. Cool. And he just met a lot of these amazing modern artists. And at the time, New York was, like, booming. And I just felt like it was mm-hmm. a wasted opportunity. But he also didn't speak English. And True. You know... I mean, I think you can he must, learn. He must have felt, like, out of place there. And, like, he was taken from his home so, like, abruptly. So. Yeah, I understand. I also think France reminded him of Belle. Yeah, probably. This was sad. This was a sad episode. Yeah. But thank you so much for listening. Um, Next week, let's talk about someone a bit more uplifting and spicier like um salvador dali how about that yes yeah i know nothing about him did he date frida kahlo no he did not date frida kahlo oh um and who am i thinking of rivera dated uh frida kahlo that's probably who i'm thinking of diego rivera yeah yeah oh yes Yeah, yeah 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 But that is it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you hopefully next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Day. It's night. Or night. (laughs) Bye-bye.